Hey guys, welcome to today's episode. Today's episode is going to be on green iguanas. Let me start off this episode by saying any species of iguana is not for beginners by any means, especially a green iguana. And they are not pets for children or to have around children, especially not until tamed if the individual, if the individual specimen does actually tame down, that is. Then and only then should children be allowed near it with adult supervision. I myself have a blue iguana named Meeseeks after the Rick and Morty character. I got him as a small hatchling at four weeks old. He is now five and a half years old. Green iguanas belong to the species named for themselves Iguana Iguana. Green iguanas come in three main colors, green, red, and blue. The only difference, the obvious loss of one of the corresponding genes. This is a non-technical description. If the iguana does not have the blue gene, it will be a red iguana. If it doesn't have the red gene, it will be a blue iguana. If it has both, it will be a green iguana. This is similar to being albino and melanistic, where the absence of melanin is the result, or, or will result, in a white animal with red eyes, whereas melanism is an undue development of dark-colored pigment in the skin and appendages that results in the opposite, usually a very dark-colored animal. For example, if you've ever seen a full black alligator, that is a melanistic alligator. Selective breeding has led to common green iguanas in other colors besides red, green, and blue. There is also bright orange, purplish, and others. Housing your green iguana. Green iguanas are a semi-tropical species. Green iguanas need a large enclosure with fairly high humidity. The larger the better. The enclosure should be at minimum large enough for the iguana to comfortably stretch out and move freely from mouth to tip of tail. The enclosure also needs to have vertical space for climbing as iguanas spend most of their time in trees. Thus, aside from the space needed to fit the iguana comfortably along the ground, it also needs to prioritize vertical space to allow for climbing. If you do not have some treated tree branches and trunks to allow for climbing, you will want to get some shelving and create a more unnatural elevation, if you would. In my case, I managed to find a extremely oversized armoire, which I repurposed by cutting out segments of the door to replace with some mesh with a panel that it can be removed from the front of acrylic to allow for humidity be, to be trapped. And when there's too much humidity to allow more ventilation, the acrylic panels can be removed. I also did the same thing to the back of the armoire, usually leaving that partially open. Now, you will want to have a basking area on the top of the shelving unit, usually up high where it will prefer to perch. Minimum of 160 degrees Fahrenheit basking area, provided you have the adequate distance from the shelving. You do not want to bake your iguana. It is best to use a mercury vapor bulb which will also give it the UV light needed. You will also want an additional UV bar light, usually a T5HO, which is adequate for tropical species. You will also want to have a small pond in the bottom of the enclosure to allow the iguana to soak 
when it feels the need. Now, iguanas do not normally look to go in the water more often than not. However, they do go in it from time to time. So a large water dish that will allow them to actually submerge partially in it will be adequate. However, if you cannot fit one in your enclosure, for example, I cannot, on occasion, at least twice a week, I give my iguana free roam of the shower, which I actually plug up the drain, and I actually give him, well, I let it fill up with a little water. That way he has his high humidity, and he has some bathing time essentially to just go for a leisurely swim. Now that is to say, I do not raise the water level above the shoulders. You, you do not want to accidentally drown your iguana. They are good swimmers. However, it is better to be safe than sorry. Green iguanas on average have a 20 year lifespan in captivity with proper care. However, most pet iguanas die in the first year due to improper care. Diet, green iguanas are herbivores. The majority of their diet should consist of dark green leafy vegetables. This should be at minimum 80% to 90% of their diet, with only 10 to 20% of their diet consisting of fruits. Yellow, red, and orange vegetables are, can also be given. However, you should avoid fiber-rich and or nutrient and vitamin-deficient light green vegetables, such as iceberg lettuce or head lettuce and celery, as their composition is mainly fiber and they are about 90% water with little to no nutrition, nutrition value whatsoever. Adequate vegetables include, but are not limited to, collard greens, mustard greens, broccoli, turnip greens, kale, parsley, bell peppers, and green beans. Swiss chard, spinach, and beet greens, while they can be offered, should be fed sparingly as they contain oxalates that can bind calcium and other trace minerals preventing their absorption. Cabbage, kale, and mustard greens should also be fed only in smaller amounts as these contain goitrogens and excessive amounts of these items may lead to hypothyroidism. I can't speak today. Adequate fruits include, but are not limited to, apples, pears, bananas with skin, mango, grapes, peaches, tomatoes, kiwis, and melons. The ideal fruits are those that are high in calcium, such as raspberries, dates, strawberries, and apricots. Fruits should only be given as a treat or sparingly alongside their staple of greens, as if it was a side dish. In the wild, iguanas could be found munching on live food, such as mice, mealworms, and crickets. While these can be offered from time to time, they are not necessary and are often considered poor dietary choices by experienced iguana caretakers. And now a quick message from our sponsors before we move on. Behavior. Green iguanas are notoriously aggressive, even among the other iguana species, such as the Cuban rock iguana, which is a desert species who can often be fairly docile in nature. While green iguanas can certainly be more manageable as hatchlings, they grow at a steady pace and can ex be extremely dangerous, starting as soon as that tail gains a little length. Iguanas usually use their tail as a defense mechanism before resulting to biting. Scratching is rare and usually only results by them being handled with improper hand and arm protection, unless they are climbing on your shoulder and you do not have an adequate shirt. 
Their claws are extremely sharp and can definitely result in the need for stitches. You can, however, take them to the vet and have their claws trimmed. This is natural. They can be cleaned much like a bird's claws. While they may not be quick to bite, this is not to be taken lightly, as both their tail and mouth are extremely dangerous. The tails make up much of their average six and a half foot adult length, and they use it as a whip, which can very easily cut you open, resulting in stitches and other serious injuries, especially if they hit you in the face. Their mouth is less dangerous while they are small hatchlings. However, from juvenile to adult, they can take a good chunk out of you, should they bite you. They may be herbivores, but make no mistake, they have razor sharp teeth that can cut through you like butter, and much the same as most of the large lizard species, including gators and crocs, they do that signature death roll, aiming to grip and tear their prey or would-be attacker apart, should the tail not be enough of a deterrent. As a defense mechanism, green iguanas can drop their tails, though they will not do it on their own. They generally only do so when they are grabbed by their tail by you or a would-be predator and have no other means of escape. They can grow their tail back, however, much like with a leopard gecko, it will never grow back the same as the original. Purchasing. This will be one of those episodes that I will not be going into how to purchase a, a green iguana, as they are extremely common, and 99% of people should under no circumstances own a green iguana. That said, if you insist on owning one, or fall into that 1% who are experienced enough and fit to own one, always buy from a reputable breeder, or adopt from a iguana rescue who actually adopts out their iguanas and is not just a generic rescue. Never purchase from a chain pet store or otherwise. Taming. Taming green iguanas is a hit and miss. All iguanas, both male and female, go through a kind of puberty, if you will, which is a phase when they will be exceedingly more aggressive than ever before, and they are actually more likely to remain this aggressive the rest of their life than they are to mellow out. Your best chance at taming a green iguana is to get a female as a hatchling and raise it up yourself. You will have to work with the green iguana every day for as long as you can, so long as the iguana tolerates it and isn't being stressed out by working with it. Working with it includes being around the enclosure where it can see and smell you, when going about your day, of your day for example, sitting on the couch next to the enclosure while browsing social media on your phone or watching TV. Working on getting it used to you and tolerable of being handled, as well as offering it some of its favorite foods from your hand, while being careful not to hold the food in a way where you could accidentally get bitten. Granted, as a baby, it will hurt. However, it will not be all that bad. It will be a, a small cut. However, should this happen with an adult, you could very well lose part of your finger. I say a female green iguana because female green iguanas tend to be a little more mellow natured compared to males. This means you have a higher likelihood of taming the animal enough before the puberty phase so that it is more probable for it to mellow back out at least close to its usual temperament. That said, it is not impossible to tame males. In fact, I myself have tamed one. But 
they are far more aggressive in temperament than females to begin with, and it only gets worse once they go through that puberty phase. So while not impossible in general, it is impossible for many individuals, especially if you do not have time to dedicate to working with it on a daily basis. It will likely take a lot more time and a lot more effort than it would to tame a female. All that aside, should you be experienced enough to and be fit enough to own a iguana, and that does not mean you've had bearded dragons, crested geckos, and other very easy to care for beginner reptiles, so you think you're ready for an iguana. This does not equal adequate experience for, for such an animal. That's like jumping into the deep end after just entering the shallow end before learning how to swim in a pool. Iguanas can make very rewarding and affectionate pets with enough time and effort. In fact, they are more like a big scaly dog than a lizard once properly tamed. They are ex also extremely intelligent. Some have even been known to learn their names and come when called. Here's some quick fun facts before we close out this week's episode. Green iguanas have a third eye on the top of their head. This is called a parietal eye. It looks like a black spot on the top center of their head. It does have a small pupil and a cornea. However, it is a rudimentary eye that is not capable of seeing fully rendered images like its normal eyes. Their third eye instead detects movements and luminance changes, such as shadows. Its main purpose is to detect predators, such as their main predators, hawks and eagles, which would be swooping in from above. This third eye is actually found in many reptiles and is linked to a small endocrine gland called the pineal gland, which can be found in brains of mammals as well. Green iguanas have extremely good eyesight and the ability to see ultraviolet wavelengths. They also have a sexually dimorphic trait called a dewlap, that is that almost beard-like scales that are underneath their chin. Males tend to have a far larger one, as well as the crest on their head, which is those spikes that go all the way down their back, tend to be far larger than females. However, females can also have the long dewlap. However, as a general rule, it is usually smaller than that of the males. And with that, our episode comes to a close. I hope I informed you well on some of the basic care for green iguanas and hopefully deterred you from purchasing one for yourself as I had said before, they are by no means a pet that 99% of people should have. If you guys enjoyed, please consider following and or subscribing on your platform of choice. It lets me know that you guys want more. And, also, and as always, if you have any specific animal in mind that you would like me to do an episode on, please leave it in the comments section along with any suggestions, and I will gladly do an episode on it. Remember, trust nature, then trust yourself. Stay safe out there.